Well, hello and welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Crushing Eggshells, where mental health meets medicine. I'm Javi Ochoa. If you're new to this, I'm a second-year medical student in Texas. And in this podcast, I share my own mental health journey while also showcasing, uh, showcasing students and professionals from across the healthcare field, be it medicine, dentistry, nursing, pharmacy, all of it, um, so that we can learn about their journeys. So today's an exciting time because it's actually the first interview of the show. And I mean, we're actually starting with the first DO medical student from Washington. Um, her name is Jet. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm going to butcher it. Jen Reinmuth Birch. Did I say that correct? You were so close. Reinmuth Birch. <laughs> Reinmuth Birch. <laughs> Reinmuth Birch, yes. Um, I actually followed her on TikTok a, a while ago because I just found her story to be so exciting and interesting, to say the least. Um, you know, she's actually, actually a first year medical student who started her journey in her early 50s. And I was really excited when she commented and followed me and even joined my live feed. But, um, you know, I'll let her introduce herself and we'll get started. So, Jen, thank you. Uh, you know, thank you for joining us. Tell, you know, tell us about yourself. Hi. Um, again, yes, my name is Jen Reinwith Birch. I am a mother of 19-year-old twin boys who are college freshmen this year. And I attend Pacific Northwest University of Health Sciences, otherwise known as PNWU, up here in central Washington. Nice, nice. And I just turned 51. So, yeah. Uh, 51 is there, fun. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's exciting. You know, again, like this is, this is a story that a lot of us don't hear about. You know, um, we hear people uh, get, you know, worry about being 24 years old and applying to medical school. I was 27 oh. when I got, I know, right? <laughs> um, I was 27 when I got in and, you know, but you're, you know, you, you've lived a life, you know? So, you know, how does it feel, you know, kind of just starting off, like, how does it feel kind of having done all this stuff that you've done? Tell us what you've done if you could, and how does it feel kind of starting this new career path? Oh, sure. Uh, well, I finished my undergrad in 1993 um, okay. and kind of puttered around doing the whole finding myself thing for a while and found myself in a really horrible marriage. Um, <laughs> Okay. Got two great kids out of it, though, so no complaints. Um, but during that time, I was a stay-at-home mom for many years. And then after the divorce, found myself a, a single mom on welfare and working two jobs and trying to put a roof over the kids' heads. Um, huh. One of my boys has autism. So at that time, I was also going to night school to get my master's degree in special education. And after graduation, I started working at Portland State University at the Autism Training and Research Center. And I worked there and with the Autism Society of Oregon and the Northwest Autism Foundation, gosh, for about seven, eight years. And uh, it was around that time when I met my current husband. This one's a keeper, by the way. We're hanging on to him. Uh, <laughs> and we started talking. I was, I was living in Portland at the time with my boys in Portland, Oregon. So we were a little city family and he was living out on the Washington coast. And uh, he said, you know, how are, are you happy? And I said, well, I don't like the city. I, I don't like what the school system's doing to the boys. And he said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I've always wanted to be a doctor and I always wanted to get out of the city. And he said, well, then let's do it. And I said, well, I can't. He said, why not? And I said, because well, at that time I was in my mid forties. I said, well, I'm in my mid forties. And he said, and so what? I said, so then I'd be probably in my late 50s by the time I'm a doctor. He said, well, you're going to be in your late 50s anyway, so why not be in your late 50s and be a doctor? Exactly. You know, I said, but I, I need this prerequisite. He's like, then take them. And I'm like, but I need the MCAT. And he's like, so take it. Like, he's like, everything I put up, which is a reason why I thought I couldn't, he just smacked it down. And he's like, nope, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. Go for it. And so we sold the place in Portland. 
And we moved to our little farm out here. So we live on a, a weird, quirky little farm out here on the Washington coast with chickens and ducks and turkeys and way too many dogs and cats. <laughs> and uh, I started taking my prerequisites and I started working at the local hospital and mm -hmm. I continued to do autism research remotely um, for different professors. And uh, yeah, then applied and holy shit, wound up starting medical school at 50, which <laughs> see coming down the pike. And you freaking did it. Well, first of all, this husband does sound like a keeper. So that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's been great. So my boys and I all started college this year at the same time. So what? Oh, so I know. Poor husband. Like God bless. He's like, he was hoping to retire, but he's like, well, three tuitions. Guess I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> Did y'all go like back to back to school shopping together? We totally did. It was so uh, cool. Uh, <laughs> We're like staples back in our schools class. <laughs> oh, that's so that's so beautiful. That's so exciting. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Like that I could just imagine. Like I know my mom I probably would love to be starting school with me. So that I think that's such a unique and such a beautiful experience to share with your own children. It is. It's really fun. It's so fun. And I just you know, I'm just Obviously, I didn't do it for them, but I hope it's giving them the message to just, I mean, never, never see limits, never see, I mean, I've always told you, my son who has some special needs, you know, that, you know, your autism doesn't limit you. It just, it, it's just a different way of getting to where you want to be. And I feel like that's the same for so many neurotypical people as well. You know, my age wasn't a limit. It just required me to go a different way. Exactly. So no, exactly. I hope they always see that. Yeah. And then, and also you can say, well, if you're not, if mom's studying, why aren't you studying? I know, right? <laughs> so if I can't compare grades with my kids, they kick butt this semester. I was like, damn, mom was the slacker. Oh, no. If you're, if mom's kicking ass. Mom's kicking ass, yo. But, <laughs> but yeah, sometimes in medical school, I'm like, I'm so lazy. <laughs> It's like so crazy. One of my one of my sons lives with me, and he goes to the school near my school. Uh -huh. And my other son is at college in Oregon. And like, he would text me, and he'd be like, "Oh, mom, guess what I learned in history class today?" He'd tell me, "This is what we did in history class." And then I'm like, "I would be in anatomy," and I'd be like, "Today I removed a man's spine with a hammer and chisel." <laughs> and he's like, "Wow, you win! Damn, <laughs> that's metal." <laughs> that's really mom is doing something very cool. <laughs> <laughs> I know my uh, professor was like, you know, you can, I could get your boys in here to see the anatomy lab if they'd like. And they're like, no, we're good. <laughs> no. <laughs> Perfect. Honestly, low-key, I can kind of see myself if I had kids and we were doing school together, I'd be like, okay, don't complain. My stuff's harder. Uh <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, okay, well, that's awesome. So, you know, you you know, before so before we, you know, ask you a bit more about kind of your experiences during medical school, you know, here's a obvious question that every every eager pre-med always asks people like you and I. So Jen, what were your stats when you applied to medical school? Oh gosh, I hate that question. And it's so frustrating. And I have a lot of people who ask me that on my social media, you know, what was your GPA? What was your MCAT? And I just always tell them the same thing. I don't talk about it. I don't share it. I mean, I give people kind of ballpark to say, you know, my GPA was here and my MCAT was here-ish, but you know, I just, you there's a poem. Called, yeah. There's a poem called the Desiderata and there's a line in there that and I'm going to butcher it, but the, the basic premise of it is, you know, don't compare yourself to others or you will become bitter or vain because there are always people better or worse than you. And at the end of the day, the only person you're competing with is yourself. Of course, there's like a minimum GPA to where you need to be. Um, but that being said, my undergrad GPA was, I mean, let's, 
I'm going to put it this way. I had a really, really good time in college. <laughs> I had a really good time. I remember little of it, but I had a really good time. Um, but I did go back and get a master's degree in which I did quite well. So, and that I always tell people is really important. If they're coming in, if they're like, wow, my undergrad GPA is, it's really bad. I always say, look at post-bac, look at master's programs, look at graduate programs, because what medical schools love to see is an upward trend. Exactly. Or if your MCAT score, you look at it and go, whoa, that was awful. It's okay to take it again. Nobody cares, but they, they just want to see that you have an upward trend. So mm-hmm. yeah, my undergrad's GPA was interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well. but my, my graduate GPA was quite good. And, um, you know, my MCAT was average, but I had enough work experience and research experience and life experience that it, it buffered that a lot. Yes. And I, and I love that answer because I agree with you, you know, uh, you know, y'all Jen and I, before we started, we were talking about student doctor network and you know, <laughs> uh, comparing our, our stats. It's irrelevant. It really is irrelevant because when it people is. ask me like, should I apply? I ask them this question. Well, do you want to apply? That's the only question that matters. Because yeah. if, if you want to apply, then apply and figure out what you need to do to, to make yourself in the best position for your own personal story. Um, yep. There's no, you know, we see on social media, the cookie cutter uh, pre-med, but Jen and I, I think we can both attest, there's <laughs> there's a lot of broken cookies, a lot of oblong <laughs> cookies, and sometimes they're just brownies, you know, there's, there's not one cookie cutter. They have alacrums over here. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I love, I, I love that uh, uh, answer, Jen. The only reason I do always share my GPA is because I love seeing people's shocked face when they're like, oh shit. You know, ah! That's the only reason why, just because it's entertaining for me. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I definitely love that. Thank you uh, for sharing that. So, you know, um, so let's see. So, so uh, can you, I'm just, you know, just curious, what was your work experience uh, prior to medical school? Prior to medical school, I worked in autism research. I worked at an autism research institute in Portland through Portland State University. It was uh, the greatest job I've ever had. It was absolutely amazing. Um, A large part of what I did with the clinical research was traveling the I-5 corridor from Southern Oregon up to Northern Washington and and working with kids in their homes, working with families, working with teachers. I mean, we saw so much of a disconnect between services kiddos were receiving in school versus home. So Mm -hmm. what my research institute did, they designed a curriculum, which I'm very proud to say is used across the country now. Thank you. Um, (laughs) We went to the schools and trained the teachers on how to implement the curriculum, went to the homes, trained the parents, worked with the kiddos. and it was, it was absolutely amazing. I had about 250 kiddos on my caseload. And, you know, honestly, not a day goes by where I don't wonder, kind of, where are they now? How are they doing? You know, but it was, it was such a rewarding job because, you know, you would, as a mother of a child with special needs, you, you don't take any milestones for granted. And so, like, every day my phone would ring and I'd pick it up and it would be like a mother just sobbing with joy because, oh, my gosh, Billy put his coat on by himself. I never thought it would do that. Or... Jesse just said mama and I never thought she would say my name and it just you know all those just wonderful aha moments just flood you with so much joy um I was ecstatic it was it was amazing um unfortunately universities we uh got our funding cut because mm-hmm. they needed a new football field but I'm not salty about that um <laughs> so yeah 
I went on to work with the Northwest Autism Foundation and with the Autism Society of Oregon. And so that was what I was doing while I was anxiously and frantically prepping for medical school. That's exciting. Mean, y'all, um, if y'all are listening, if you could just see her eyes, they're lighting up as she's speaking about this. And <laughs> it's beautiful, you know, and that's what I tell people when applying to medical school is it's about the passion. It's about doing the things that you care about. And, you know, um, Jen, I'm so, uh, uh, is it safe to assume your obviously motivation to do this research is because of your own child? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I have twin boys and one of my boys is on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was what interested me in going back to pursue a master's degree in educational research because you know i saw i saw what he was receiving in the school and it was good but there was always in the back of my mind could it be better could it be better and it was you know through my research there and then part of what my research institute we started working with some doctors up at oregon health sciences university in portland so we were up at ohsu talking with physicians and researchers up there and they started talking to me about the genetic component with autism because that is the one you know people always ask me like oh you work in autism research what causes autism and i'm like genes it's genetics y'all i mean i know there's a million people who want to say it's feeding your baby wheat or getting vaccine. No, it's, it's genetic and it's, it's nothing you did wrong, mom and dad. It just is what it is and it's okay. And it's not a death sentence. So stop kicking yourself. Sometimes shit just happens. And (laughs) that's, so we started working with some of the doctors up there and just in listening to their genetics research and a lot of the biomedical research they were doing, I just, it just lit this spark in me that I was like, okay, I've got the educational piece now. Now I want to know the biochemistry piece. Now I want to know the genetics piece. Uh-huh. I want to know more. I want to know more. <laughs> so that, yeah. that really lit the med school fire. I'd, I'd had it for a long time, but that one really sparked it. Well, I'm so happy that you're in medical school. You know, you, we need physicians like you because who can explain to their parents that these, you know, these issues, you know, assuming what, or either patients, I should say, that these issues, whatever they might be, are fine. You know, it's, uh-huh. that's how people is. It's normal to be sick. It's normal for, for shit to happen. If nothing ever happened, that's abnormal. Right. It's, it's okay to not be okay. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's, you know, that's why I love stories like you. That's why I want stories like you on the show, because I want to show not just medical students, the world that we can be in these professions and not be okay, but still help others become better while helping ourselves. Um, so kind yeah. of, kind of moving, um, a little more now into medical school, you know, so we're in medical school. Um, you know, one question that I definitely want to ask is, um, how has your transition been into medical school and kind of your experience with your first year class? How's that been for you? You know, I honestly, it was seamless. It was absolutely a seamless transition for me. I've always loved school. School has always been my happy place. So, you know, in the back of my mind, I kind of had this thought and I had said to my husband, I said, you know, there's a chance that I'm going to be basically sitting all alone at lunch and no one's going to want to hang out with me because I'm old enough to be their mother. And, you know, I'm, I'm probably not going to fit in and I'm probably not going to have friends, but that's, that's okay. You know, it's all right. And, you know, honestly, nothing could be further from the truth. I've never once felt like anything, but one of the gang, my cohort, the cohort above me, the fact, everyone, they, I'm just Jen. And, and I was even saying to a classmate of mine, we'd gotten to be quite good friends. And I kind of laughed as, you know, we were, we were going out for French fries one day. And I just said, is it weird that you're like hanging out and doing like going hiking and hanging out and being friends with someone who's, you know, honestly, your mom's age. She told me she and her, my mom and her mom and I were the same age. And she, she just looked at me really weird. And she goes, I don't even think about it. You're just Jen. You know, you're, you're Jen. That's, you know. 
And that was such a wonderful surprise for me. I mean, I knew I'd be able to work in, in like lab groups and in histology and in discussions and all of that. I thought, okay, that's going to be, I'll be able to work well with everyone there. But what I wasn't prepared for the people who were like, Hey, we're playing flag football after school. Jen, come on, you got to join us. Or, Hey, a bunch of us are going out for pizza. Jen, you want to come? And it was like, I'm just Jen. You know, it's like, that's so cool. That, that is, that's what I tell people. Like, even like, you know, like I have one friend, um, uh, she is 31 and one of her, it's like a group of us and one of her uh, other friends, their best friends, obviously she's 23. And, you know, in med school, it's just like, it's a, age is just a fun fact. Yeah. That's all it is. Like, cause you're all in the thick of it. You don't have time to care. And like, when you no. make it, it's <laughs> so more professional and open-minded, um, but that's exciting. I'm happy to hear that, that you are integrated and that you're one of the gang and you are just Jen. Um, that's exciting. Um, and that concludes part one of our conversation with Jen, or should I say just Jen? So stick around for part two.